Hey, John, what are you up to tonight? Oh, you know, running a one-shot for my players. Oh, wow, another one-shot? You guys have been doing one-shots for a while now. Oh, 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 oh no, no, no. I, I, I think you, you misunderstand. One-shot. Uh, I, I don't get it. You said one-shots. We've only been doing a one-shot. But you've been telling me about running one-shots for like six months. Yeah, yeah. But you meet weekly. We sure do. I think you're doing it wrong. This time on Becoming DM, we're talking about planning and running one-shots. Hey everyone, this is John. And this is Danielle. And before we really jump into the subject, let's first off kind of talk about what is a one-shot, right? Absolutely. One-shots are essentially just like a self-contained mini-adventure or micro-adventure, depending on your session time, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that can be completed in... One, I'm going to say one gaming session. One's the goal, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, one one is, is usually the goal for a one-shot, but having a one-shot that, that splits into like two sessions, that's not that bad. Yeah. So I, I will say that, that just judging from what I see people talking about online, I think that, that, that one-shot as a one-session device to some is a a mythical uh, creation, something that doesn't really exist because there's a lot of people that have trouble running a one-shot as an actual one-shot. Yeah, a lot of the people that I've talked to, it usually ends up ending in a two-shot. <laughs> yeah, or the three-shot or four. I've, I, I, you know, we joke about it in the, in the little intro skit, but I've, I've seen people that had, had a one-shot that ran to six or seven sessions just because they 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 didn't really manage expectations with the players and and a lot of things went way off the rails and uh and so as a result they they ended up with this this adventure spanning multiple months <laughs> i i could definitely see that uh, becoming a thing especially when when you're doing a one shot a lot of times it's because you have this idea and you want to see that idea come to fruition and if the path that takes the players there um, ends up you, you might not always see the entire path when you're looking at this this goal this this cherry on top of the Sunday at the end as a DM because this is the thing that you want to have happen right and mm-hmm. uh, you can look at that and spend too much time looking at that and kind of maybe not realize exactly how long it's going to take to eat that ice cream <laughs> I like that we're continuing on the ice cream, uh, <laughs> the ice cream path. Um, so yeah, for this episode, we're going to talk about some tips and tricks for running those one shots and uh, and trying to keep them into a single session uh, because that's obviously the goal when you have a one shot. There's probably a reason, and we'll talk about those here in just a second. And uh, in addition to um, into like managing that timing, we'll give you some some suggestions on on how to plan a one shot if you are building one out on your own. And then we'll wrap everything up talking about uh, where to find some published one shots if you if you just didn't want to worry about writing something and look, wanted to look to somebody else for uh, for that content. Yeah, super handy stuff to know. Uh, even if you just want to look at some pre made one shots. 
to help you um, kind of see how they're structured. If you do want to mm-hmm. build your own, but you haven't participated in one or built one before, or maybe you built one that lasted six months worth of sessions and you're thinking maybe I should look at something somebody else has built and kind of get a feel for it. <laughs> Yeah, for those of you who have been listening to to the show for a while, uh, you'll recall early on uh, it was recommended that even if you're not going to run a published module, that it might be good to take a look at a published module for that to understand the structure, understand how they build encounters and how they put them into the into the adventure. And one shots are no different. Even if you don't ever plan on running that one shot, go and go and get one just to see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Plus, you might find yourself one night where you have neglected or were unable to do your preparation. And you oh, can just... that never happens, does it? <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then you remember that you bought this one shot to look at one time and it will save you. It will save the evening. It'll be wonderful. all right so let's jump into why to run a one shot and i i think that um that there's a lot of reasons to do it i have used it for a couple of specific reasons which we'll get into here in a little bit but um one of the reasons is it can be a uh, uh, with one-offs uh or it can be included as part of larger campaigns so it gives you some flexibility but it also gives you the ability to take a break from the story so i think the first reason is Putting it into a, a full-fledged campaign, maybe you you need to take a break for a story for whatever reason. Um, this gives you the op- op- opportunity to do that. It absolutely does. If uh, and sometimes if even if you're just testing out a group, like you've got, but uh, you know, new people, whether they're new to D and D or whatever system you're playing, whether they're new to the game or super experienced, if this group of people has never played together before. Um, it's not a bad idea. It gets everybody to the table, gets everybody talking and used to each other. Uh, maybe before, you know, if you're just doing a little one shot with one off characters, then people can have a better sense when they're building their characters for your main campaign, maybe. Yeah. And, and, uh, as you'll probably recall in an earlier episode where we were talking about looking for new players, one of the best ways to identify whether a player is going to work in your group is to just do a one shot with them. Uh, and by doing the one shot, it, it limits uh, your uh, amount of, of work as the DM. Yeah, you still have to do a little bit of work to get the one shot prepped, but you're not trying to figure out a way to shoehorn this person into the adventure only to find out that, oh man, this guy's a, a murder hobo where we've got this group of role players. This is totally not going to work. Um, so doing that to, 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 as your interview process for new players can really help make sure that they're going to fit in with the table without ruining your storyline. Also without having to, well, if, if you're like me, I'm not, I'm not a great person at delivering bad news. So, (laughs) (laughs) so when I invite somebody to the table, if I invite them to the main campaign, they're there. Like I, I, I have so much trouble being like, you know, you, you're not working. I'm not good at that. <laughs> right. So I can reduce my personal commitment to this person. It, like if I don't know the person and be like, we're running a one shot. Do you want to come over and try it? And it gives me a chance to gives me the opportunity to choose whether I want to say, hey, you know, this is actually turning into a real campaign. Do you want to join? Or, hey, thanks for coming over this one time. That was super fun. This once time. <laughs> Have a once. good night. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, and it, then you don't have to like fully commit to somebody you've never played with before. Yeah. And one way that I have used the the one shot um, several times in in the games that I've run is if I have an absent player and and there were kind of a critical juncture of the storyline, and I don't want them to miss out uh, because there are there are parts of parts of the story that I, I just want to make sure all the players are there. I can very quickly pivot to have the 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 group do this one shot side quest. In fact, the last the last session I had with my group, I, I had a I had a player absent because of some health reasons, and we did um, we did a one shot that involved them partially trying to find the missing character who disappeared. Uh, and we'll talk about a little <laughs> bit more about the details of that, but um, that that actually played really well into where they were at in the game and what what part of the, the storyline they were in. So we just kind of ran with it. Yeah, that, that sounds actually super amazing because I can just picture everybody like staying in a tavern and everybody comes to your session, but somebody's missing. It's like, well, so-and-so got kidnapped, but you're still meeting these other people in eight hours. You need to find them. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yep. that could definitely be fun. Yep. And the other reason to do a one-shot is it it really allows you to explore a different kind of story without having to commit to it or anything. So maybe you've been running a fairly combat-intensive um, game and you want to try out a, a murder mystery or you want to try out uh, some sort of palace intrigue thing. If you plan it out as just a one-shot, then if it totally sucks, it's it's one session and <laughs> and you haven't like committed yourself to doing this this game that maybe one person is really now excited about, but everyone else yeah. is like, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I tried to do that once. It wasn't, it, I didn't build it as a one shot. I built it as a campaign, but I was trying to do a, a murder mystery. Uh, but mm-hmm. the murder mystery part was supposed to be the very first session and I botched it so bad. I'd, I should have done more research, <laughs> but I was I was wishing that I had planned it as a one shot to like test the waters and try it out instead of having it as like the setup to this whole big campaign that I had planned. <laughs> it was just not a good idea. <laughs> Five minutes in, they figured out the mystery and it's like, oh, I guess I guess the campaign's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got really exciting. And another thing is, so that's if you're trying to like try a different kind kind of story or play style. Um, but I'm going to bring this back to what I said before about having that idea, that cherry on top of the ice cream, so to speak, is every once in a while, I, like I know for me, I'll have this really unique idea. And it's not necessarily like a, a play style, but it's an idea. Like I've always wanted to do a ship battle, right? I've never mm-hmm. actually had ships battling. Well, you can do a one-off. If if ships battling is never going to work into anything that you're running with your campaigns just do a one-off and you can have that ship battle uh you know you can you can scratch that itch and you don't have to try and like railroad your entire party okay i know we're in the middle of the desert but a wizard comes in and teleports you into the ocean and this ship rescues you rescues you and now it's flying you back to the desert you know and you don't have to try and like just cram it into your actual campaign you can just do a one-shot yep and then additionally, this kind of goes into the different type of story, but it's a it's yet a different way to look at it, is you can run a one-shot that is for different levels of characters. So I know that most people that play D&D probably never get to a level 20 character. And even then, once you get to level 20, 
you are so overpowered. You're not going to typically do, I mean, you can, but I haven't seen a whole lot of people that typically do a big old campaign that's structured around level 20 players. So if you wanted to give everybody the chance to like, hey, you want to try out level 20? Yeah, let's make some level 20 characters, roll them up and level them all, to, all the way to 20. And we'll do a one shot and just let you tromp all over the land and own everything you fight and <laughs> uh, and see what I can put against you that stops you kind of thing. Yeah, it gives everybody that level 20 taste without that five-year campaign precursor to getting to level 20. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like I said, even once you get to level 20, how often are, do you, I mean, I know some people do maybe get, get letters saying, we do, uh, but how often do you actually continue the campaign beyond level 20? And if you do, how long does that typically last? I would be because curious. I know for 3.5, they release like, uh, or the, the epic levels or something like that for campaigns over level 20. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it doesn't happen that often. I've never actually had a campaign go to level twenty. Um, so a level twenty one shot for me would be would be fun. Uh, I like starting people off at level zero. People hate that. I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so running a one shot, you know, at that high crest would give me experience because as a DM, I actually don't have experience running a level twenty party. It sounds like mayhem to me, though, which could be really fun. <laughs> in a campaign that I haven't put a hundred hours into building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I mean, the closest that I've ever gotten to playing a level 20 was in the, uh, WECMI sets that the box sets for basic expert. I don't remember the rest of what they stand for. And I got th all the way through to the immortals box. So, um, I mm. guess that's technically higher than level 20 when you get down to it. But I, I think we did that once. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it can be quite the time commitment. You know what yeah. is a time commitment is building a level 20 character. That stuff yes, doesn't indeed. just happen in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, Speaking if you wanted to, time, if if you didn't want to do a whole lot of time, if you didn't want to pe have people feel like they're wasting their time, you could do a series of one shot. But you're right. I think I think it is time to talk about time, right? Time? Yeah, it's time to talk about time, which is, <laughs> from my understanding, one of the biggest challenges to having a one shot, and we'll emphasize one shot, is uh, is having that that into one session, like actually fitting it into one, well, whatever your predetermined sessions are, because it's, it's fully allowable to run a one shot in like two, three sessions. But if you're planning it for two, three sessions, or one session, or whatever your, whatever your goal is, is uh, it is definitely the biggest challenge to planning one of these is fitting it into this box that you're trying to put it in. Yep. And I, I think as far as suggestions on on where to uh, where to look to try and get it to fit into that time frame. First off, you really need to evaluate your session time. Uh, how long are you actually running games for? Because if you do games that are two to three hours, it's immensely more difficult to have a quote-unquote one-shot um, than it is if you, for instance, run a game in, like I do for five or six hours a session. Um, two to three hours, it may be that you just have to do two sessions, period. Um, again, it's all it's going to depend upon the players and, and the one-shot you're doing, but I think it's, I think two to three hours, it's safe to say it's pretty hard to accomplish. Yeah, it would be very, very difficult. And uh, as far as evaluating your session time, if you're running this one shot with a group that you 
um, run with usually, right? Like these, these are people, this is a group that you've played with a lot. Um, you can pay attention in the sessions leading up to your one shot, or maybe just take notes as you're, as you're DMing these people. Um, but I've noticed like with different party groups, some groups that I have will take way longer on role playing. Like say mm -hmm. I plan it for like 15 minutes. It always takes half an hour and other groups will always take forever in combat. It should be a five minute combat. <laughs> no combat is ever five minutes, but it should be a five minute <laughs> combat and it lasts for two hours. And so if this is a group that you know that you're going to be running a one shot with and you have time to play with them beforehand, uh, taking a couple notes on, where they like to, or where they usually spend their extra time and how long it usually takes them will really help you gauge how to write this stuff out. Get out your stopwatch. This is actually a, a great time to have have fun with the player's um, um, paranoia. You <laughs> <laughs> when when you're like starting combat, you get out your stopwatch and you start it and you be very uh, deliberate about it so everybody sees what you're doing and then set it on the table and say, "Okay, go." <laughs> oh yeah, and and then you can have some fun that way while you're just getting data for your for your one shot. <laughs> you would have some people straight up panicking about it. It's like we don't know what to do. But it might. Uh, that being said, though, if they do see the stopwatch and you pull it out and do that, that will affect the results of the study. Yes, it will. <laughs> so keep that in mind. <laughs> they might I'm try just and gonna, play. I'm just going to do that without worrying about planning for a one shot. I think I've just found my fun for the next session. <laughs> Well, that's good. As long as that session happens before this is released, they'll never know. And then they'll yep. listen to this afterwards and be like, "Oh, that wasn't that didn't have anything to do <laughs> with what we were doing." <laughs> so, I, I think the next thing that you need to do in order to try and get a one shot to fit into that time bucket is really set expectations. And and by that, I mean with your players, you need to make sure that they understand your goal for this is to be a one shot. And in order to do that, you players need to, need to steer clear of certain things or you need to do certain things in order to help us all have a one shot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if like if you're not clear with your players that it's going to be a one shot and they decide that they want to spend half an hour hitting on the barmaiden, um, that's that's not going to be something like unless that's an integral part to your campaign, but in general, that's not going to be something that's driving the story or really helping anybody else at the table. A lot of times, people will give bards the leeway, and it's like ah, just let them get it out of his system. But that's not that's not going to help any in a one shot where it's like uh, you just use twenty percent of like the whole campaign to flirt with yep. with the barmaid. Yep. So yeah, you may as a result, you may want to set some actual limits so it, it it really depends on your group it may just be fine to say hey guys one shot this is all we're we're, we're really needing to focus time wise into story for other groups you may need to say hey look <laughs> we're not going to do extensive role play this time hey we're not going to pursue the the weird i want to get a, a tapioca ice cream from the vendor in in one gin or whatever <laughs> and mm. and and you probably hopefully already have a rule about arguing over the rules, a rule about arguing over the rules, but <laughs> with a one shot, you really need to enforce that and say, listen, we're not going to get bogged down with the rules here. This is what I'm saying. This is a one shot. This is the rule for this one shot. End of story. 
Yeah, because discussions about rules can can bog down even a campaign that goes for five years. That can cause bog in that campaign. Imagine one that you're trying to run in like six hours because those conversations, they can get pretty heated, especially when the books start coming out and people start referencing (laughs) material and Googling stuff. It's like, no, (laughs) we do not. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Flip, 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 (laughs) flip. It says on page 234. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can you can lose a lot of time to uh, stuff like that. So you have to be clear with your players um, going into it. You know, the more upfront you are with everybody, uh, the easier it's going to make it while you're playing. Because if you don't have that conversation with them before the one shot starts, and all of a sudden somebody starts to argue about a rule, and you're like, nope, absolutely not, and you put your foot down and you make a hard stance right there, it might not come off in the best way. As, as as if you had a conversation beforehand where you're like, hey, we're not going to do this stuff and it'll be fine and that's fine. Instead, you you know, you have to be more assertive when you're doing the actual campaign. Do you like quests? If so, I have good news for you. Darkwind, the sponsor of this episode of Becoming DM, is full of quests for your character to pursue. Whether it's finding the components to make a potion, dealing with the town bully, assembling an ancient artifact, or just finding a collar for the local stray, there are a lot of quests to check out. And they're all ranked by level, so you know what you're getting into before you start off. You can play Darkwind and check out all of the quests for free. Just go to play.darkwind.org to start your character today. Now let's get back to the show. It's story time. Let's Ooh, talk about. <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about the story when it comes to to doing a one shot. And and this really primarily we're focused on if you're building your own one shot. But you can apply some of the concepts here to a pre written one shot if you want. Um, we'll talk about pre written ones here in just a minute. But uh, when we talk about story, let's let's talk about the beginning. And I'm going to let you kind of kick this part off. All right, so when you're starting off at a one-shot, um, right at the get-go, you don't want to do what you, you know, can usually get away with with regular campaign. And, oh, look, you know, you're casually bringing people into the scene, and they're learning more stuff, and they're doing things, and they're, you know, able to make choices. And, oh, well, what do you want to do? Well, I want to have the ham and beans for supper while I talk to this new gnome <laughs> I just met. It, that's, that, that's not time effective for running a one shot when you're running a one shot when you start the session you are starting you're getting right into it so you can skip most of the exposition and start players off in a situation like you've been hired to retrieve the gold of Hafaya from the goblin army to the north and immediately they've got a goal they know who they're after Um, maybe they're even on the road you know walking somewhere Yep. You're you're basically slapping them in the face with the plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, I mean you you mentioned kind of putting them into the action already. That action could be something as simple as hey, you're you're heading north um to the ruins of this of this town because you heard a rumor that that uh that the 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 lost mask of of uh of Garza Dune was found there or something like that. 
Sorry, all I could think of was Jim Carrey, the mask, when you're like, the lost mask. I was like, smoking. Yeah, I got, I got down great. a path and then realized I was there. <laughs> um, yeah, but even if you don't drop players in into an immediate situation, like you don't really want to be like, hey, here's your new characters. Uh, roll initiative. You know, you're being attacked. You just got knocked out. Uh, the beginning of the story should be fairly short and get players into the action quickly. So you don't you don't want to hand everybody you know three paragraphs worth of exposition to read beforehand and 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 stuff like that. You just want to kind of get going, get at this this tasty treat that you've created for everybody. Yeah, and and I mean you can still have something that doesn't just slap them in the face with the story, but it should be pretty direct to get them from I'm starting at at point zero. And I've already and I, I figured out what what the plot that I need to follow is because if you spend too much time with that, it's just going to eat up the time for the rest of the one shot where they're actually getting into the action. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind that a one shot story, it's I mean, going into most campaigns, you know roughly wh- who the big bad evil guy is, right, and where the campaign's going and stuff like that. And when you shorten that down to a one shot, you know a lot more accurately exactly where this is going roughly right Mm -hmm. and so you know that the campaign's on a track right everybody should be acknowledging the fact that this is not a one-shot sandbox that's that's not how it's gonna go and so you have to limit options for the players to pursue you still have to give them options to pursue um, but you have to limit them right so if you're putting them in a town um you can say, all right, so the the building that you're standing in just lit on fire. Do you want to save your gear and run outside? Or do you want to help put out the fire and hope that you can save your stuff and maybe save some people while you're doing it? That way you've given your players a couple options, stuff that's, you know, uh, on the good side and kind of on the greedier side. And so it still lets them make their own decisions, but they don't just say, oh, well, we're going to go, uh, who knows, players will do the craziest things. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and I think I've mentioned on the on the show before, one shot I ran a little while back, where uh, the players kind of got into a situation where this guy hired them to hunt down these, these uh, band of brigands or, or something like that. They weren't technically brigands. Uh, because he basically wanted to steal their life essence to power this magical thing that he had and found out that this guy was behind all the kidnappings. And they could have chosen to stay on the side of the of the guy that's kidnapping people because he's offering to pay them and get them information they need. Uh, or they could decide to get on the side of the quote-unquote brigands and fight against the uh, the big bad guy. And they chose the second route, but I would have been fine with either way because the the path to the end was still roughly the same. Yeah, and that's an important thing to think about when you're giving these choices in a one-shot, is if they are having a choice, you as the DM have to like have a way for both of these options to kind of continue to pan out the way that you're hoping everything does, or give them choices where 
the effect isn't going to be major on the campaign, you know, if, if you're just throwing some stuff out there. But when they do have choices, you <laughs> you can't be like, it, do you want to go left or right on the road? And if they go left, they'll find the the big bad guy. And if they go right, um, they'll end up in a, in a field that's going to take them four hours to walk to and nobody's going to know what's <laughs> happening. That You can't really do that because, like I said before, it's not a sandbox. You You really, really need them to go that one direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you wanted to, you could completely eliminate options and just say chugga chugga choo choo, hop on the plot railroad, because uh, it is a it is a one shot. It's a different environment that you tip than you typically are running your campaign in, and there's a certain expectation that there's going to be some railroading to do as part of this. Mm-hmm. But if you are planning on railroading, you can you can try to find an interesting way to railroad people. I was just um, maybe have. The the big bad evil guy at, like has a spell on them and they're trapped like they have to do his bidding kind of thing follow him around kind of like think of a like a chain gang right and mm-hmm. so they're all kind of stuck together and they have to do these things and they're being drugged to these places against their will and uh, so if you if you do have to uh, railroad everybody you can at least make it an interesting railroad. So moving on in our in our story discussion, I like to call it the Dora model. Um, so I, I can't take credit for coming up with the Dora model because I've seen several people online use it, but I it maps closely to what I was doing already in one shot. So I'm gonna gonna keep on using that. So it is, of course, a reference to Dora the Explorer, because <laughs> <laughs> what else goes in your D and D game than Dora the Explorer, right? <laughs> Absolutely, you got to put some stuff in that backpack. Yeah, so I mean, really, the Dora model d- pertains to when you have a a, a, a story or a one shot. Um, it, it's it's a three encounter situation. So you have three encounters planned. So like when Dora goes, they 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 go to the tree, they cross the bridge, and they get to Grandma's house or or whatever there is. Whatever it's been a long time since I've seen Dora. I don't know what she does anymore. Uh, <laughs> um, so ha- have three encounters planned. Those three encounters can be whatever you want it to be. It could be combat or role-playing, exploration. It could be any of those, right? Yeah, just keep keep a good mix for the party that you're playing with. Um, if you're playing with people that just love combat, throwing three combats in there, they're still going to enjoy it. And if that's what yep. you want to run and that's what they want to play, then that's fine. Um and like you mix it up if you want to, you don't have to mix it up. If if you've got a table full of people who really only want to role play, then, you know, maybe you're at a high end dinner party and you're trying to convince two warring nations to stop warring, you know, and you can just not have combat. And and by by choosing those types of encounters and limiting the encounters to three it really is going to simplify your time management because you can you can understand all right combat usually takes this amount of time okay great budget for that all right the the role-playing encounter i'm going to try and limit it to 10 minutes and this other encounter will limit it to here and then you've got kind of your high level framework um yes there's going to be some talking in between those that you might have to do to to describe getting from one point to the other or describe what happens when they come up there but it at least gives you a starting point to say all right we've got we've got enough um or we're not too much over uh this is good and go from there 
Exactly. Especially if you know how long your session is going to be. Like if you're running a six hour one shot, then you can have a rough idea that your first encounter should be completely resolved by the two hour mark and your next one resolved by the four hour mark. And then your big huzzah at the end at the six hour mark when the campaign's over. And then while you're playing in the session, you can kind of look at your watch and be like, okay, we need to speed this up or I can slow this down and add a little bit more interesting stuff because they're moving through it. Yep. Um, so an example of the door method that I did, uh, again, on my last session was the players, again, they had a player that was absent. Um, she ended up falling into the river when she was on watch and some other stuff happened that the players eventually discovered. But there were really three things that they had to do. They had to, to explore these underwater caves. Um, they found some gnomes and had to negotiate with the gnomes because they had their friend. And part of that was, was the negotiation was for them to rescue their daughter who was in this uh, forest filled with these giant spiders. So it was a three-step process and it went really well. Um, so you, obviously yours is going to be different steps, but if you kind of keep that in mind, uh, it's it's very easy to plan around, I feel like. Yeah, it helps you plan and do all this stuff. And on the plus side, one of the many benefits to running a one-shot is, you know, maybe this is your first time DMing and you just want to give it a go. And so you set it up and you do this one-shot. Um, but everybody loves it and you loved it and everybody wants to keep playing and they don't want to make new characters. Depending on how you wrote, write your one-shot, 99% of the time there's a way to do it. You can expand a one-shot and be like, you know what, let's turn this into a campaign and stop calling it a one-shot. <laughs> so you don't end up with a six-month one-shot like <laughs> intro. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you can just build a campaign from a one-shot. If everything goes amazingly and everybody just loves it and they really want to find out, you know, they, they, they're craving some of that exposition that you maybe didn't give at the start, you can just move it into a full-blown campaign. Yep. But if you're not going to do that, let's talk about resolving the story because that's, I think, a key challenge that some dms have with the one shot is everything gets done and you feel like you still have so much more to do like they've got to get back to where they started and turn in the thing for the reward and all this stuff and i i i'm just going to say this right now you don't have to do all that because <laughs> once the once the goal is decided you you first have to evaluate where you are time wise because if if you if you don't have much time left, that is going to determine what your next step is. And if you don't have much time left, my recommendation is to just give it a narrative ending. So at this point, the players are no longer active participants of the story. You basically are wrapping it up. So, hey, uh, congratulations, you you killed the the orc encampment to the north of town you return to t you return the to the town and give the townsfolk their missing totem uh they're incredibly grateful grateful and reward you with hugs and kisses whatever <laughs> keep in mind though if you if you honestly have zero intention of these characters and this campaign continuing on past year there yep. is no reason to not be absolutely ludicrous with the reward Right. Yeah. This this will have absolutely no blowback. You can be like everybody gets their own pet great worm, 
you know, and you can ride around in these dragons and, you know, just wreak havoc on the countryside now that you're all heroes and it'll be fine. And nobody, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can do whatever and you want. Five billion golds a piece, gold a piece. <laughs> exactly. We brought it over in this. I have no idea. I'm guessing the dragons brought it over because that would be really oh, heavy. Of course. <laughs> the dragons are so grateful that they give you their hoard. <laughs> yes. That is how appreciative they are that you dealt with the pesky orcs for them. <laughs> because they apparently can do themselves. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you if you wind up doing the Dora method and you get th- through to the end and you're like, wow, I've got I've got time left. What do I do now? Um, <laughs> so you can very easily add in a small uh, small travel encounter as they return back to where they're going. Uh, that that travel encounter can still be one of those core three of the combat, the exploration, or the role playing. And again, keeping in mind how long each of those may take based upon your players and and also what they're interested in. So you may decide. Oh, I've got an hour, but uh, they take so long on combat, so maybe we'll just do a little bit of uh, weird exploration stuff. Uh, whatever it is, you, you can you can pick something and and add that in on the fly. Just have something, maybe have a couple of little encounters set aside that you can very quickly add in if needed. Mm-hmm. And you can you can use those encounters if you if you write them very generically. Um, if you're watching your clock and you know that you've got these three encounters finished at two, four, and six hours, whatever it might be, and you finish, you know, encounters one and two, and you're at three and a half hours, um, you can you can pull some of these little little encounters that you've got set to the side. You can work those into your campaign uh, before they make it to the big bad guy or post big bad guy. If you're if you're not planning on rewarding them with dragons, um, you can <laughs> <laughs> you can allude to a further story. You know, maybe offer a cliffhanger, um, make everybody want to continue the story. If you would like to turn this one shot into a full campaign, maybe you've got new players and you're trying to convince them that D and D is the greatest thing in the world, which it is. Uh, you can just throw in a little cliffhanger and just make them really want to come back to the table. Yeah, and that cliffhanger. It doesn't have to be the door to another adventure. It could just be like, a, what happens next? You decide. <laughs> Those things <laughs> that like, I always was like, oh. But yeah, I mean, it's okay to make your players do that every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, this part of part of the fun of being the DM is uh, is getting to throw stuff out there like that every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and you can also as as a as a wrap up thing you can give them give the players an option to explore the area that they ended up in uh if you're continuing on from this back into your main campaign you can give them the ability to search and find treasure uh find even hooks for new stories stuff like that so there there's a lot of options if you end up with more time uh that honestly doesn't happen a whole lot but if you if you find yourself in that spot those are some some options in fact the one I did uh, did at our last session, we did end up with a little little bit of time, and I'd been wanting to have kind of this owlbear encounter with the players for a while. So I, I like grabbed my owlbear minis and threw them on the table. It's like, yeah, owlbears. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there was no plot around it. They just stumbled out of the out of the forest and attacked them in the middle of the night. So hey, yeah, they that, they were hungry. That's yep. Uh, another thing that you can do, and like this, this is almost this. 
nobody likes this. This is guaranteed to 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 have people groan and be disappointed. Is uh, if if you're really in a pinch and you have no idea how to stop the one shot, you want it to end, you need it to end, um, that kind of stuff. There is always the dreaded dream sequence ending. You can always just have <laughs> right. Nobody likes this. I, I hate it when I'm watching a show and all of a sudden it's like, oh, all this crazy stuff happened, and they wake it was up. It's all and just a dream. Yeah, now it, they can eat beef and potatoes for breakfast, whatever. But uh, and you can just have them wake up uh, to avoid people being too upset if all of a sudden you basically this is just hitting a giant abort button. It's like, oh no, and you just punch it and everybody wakes up. But what you can do to, you know, regain a little bit of that is try to work some of the stuff that happened in the dream and hint like, oh no, that was a clue for what's actually going on because of this thing that's gonna happen next session that I haven't planned yet but need to work in now. You can even have it be like <laughs> presented as a dream sequence, but it actually did happen and they don't remember it and have that be a whole storyline too. Oh yeah. Yeah. You could definitely do that. But uh, yeah, you can always recover afterwards, but it is, it is a really good option if you get into a really bad pickle, a bad bind and you need to make it stop uh, dream sequence. You can just, it just, it's just, it's like a big band aid. Just stick it right on there. Use sparingly, dear listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not something you want to pull out of the the old repertoire very often. We've we've been kind of talking about how to run these, how to structure your story, but maybe you're like, I don't want to build my own one shot. I just want to run something somebody else did and had the forethought of of being able to run it in a, in a single session. So let's maybe talk about where you can find one shots, right? Yeah. So there's lots of different resources. I mean, everybody's got the entire internet at their fingertips. Uh, but some more, uh, like uh, Drive Through RPG and Dungeon Masters Guild. That's a really good resource for finding one shots. Yeah, the very first. Uh, I, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode. The very first kind of published thing that and actually still to this date only published thing i have ever run <laughs> was was a was a one shot from uh, from drive through rpg and i i kind of bought it as a whim to check it out because i wanted to do a, a halloween themed game and i just didn't have time to plan something out and i i bought this and it and it worked really well and it and it did complete in one session which i was very excited about <laughs> and uh it, because up until then i really had had trouble um doing one shots in, in a time box time this and and since then i've had two more that i've written on my own that that did stick to it so apparently the format of of that one i got and i get i got it through drive through rpg uh the format of that one kind of informed me for later even though i wasn't consciously aware of it <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's that's one of the benefits to looking at something that um, somebody has already created. Uh, chances are, if this is a saleable product, this isn't the first time that this person has ever done it. Also, they've probably given it a test play or two or maybe had more. Um, so it, it's a really good idea, if you've never done this before, to just check it out. There's lots that you can find online, like you said, with DriveThruRPG, Dungeon Master's Guild. You can buy one. Um, or you know, there's 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 other places that you can find them, like uh, independent creators, uh, like on uh, Patreon, because you can get subscriptions. Uh, some people just mm -hmm. just make these. Yep, and they release them on a weekly or monthly basis. Uh, 
So DM Dave is one that he's kind of got like an email newsletter and will occasionally just send out stuff for free. But then if you subscribe to his Patreon, you get other stuff. I can't vouch for the the quality or not quality of, of his, his content because I, I haven't really dug into it. But he was one of the ones that I found when I was when I was initially looking for a for a published uh, item. I just I needed something uh, quickly. And so I, I ended up going to drive through RPG. But uh, DM Dave is, is one that uh, that is out there. And I'm sure there's plenty of others that do regular regular uh, adventure releases as well as one shot releases. Um, another option, if you want to go the more official route, ooh, official, uh, and, and if you're playing D&D, there is the Candlekeep Mysteries, which is a book that was released recently by uh, Wizards of the Coast. And it's basically got 17 one-shot uh, mystery adventures. So if you're if you're wanting to do not only a one-shot but also a mystery, it's a great place to take a look and and uh, and uh, leverage that. And you get one book with 17, so you you can always come back later and try something else out. Absolutely, it's it's a good resource to have on the shelf. And also, it's nice because it, it does that come in like a printed book. Like, is that yeah. hard copy? Of, it is a hard see, copy. Love- yeah. Love having hard copy on the on the shelf. It's something that you can just grab and flip to the page and run with. You don't need to figure out your your technological situation because you there's like you can always just do a Google search. I'm sure that you can find tons of one one shots uh, just through a generic Google search. But then who knows? You know what kind of style they're going to be if if mm-hmm. they're good. Chances are, if this is produced by Wizards of the Coast, they've been they've been vetted, they've been tested, they're well written, and so that gives you like basically a guaranteed win to just kind of throw that out there. Yeah, they're all going to be uniformly formatted too. So they're if you understand how to read one, you understand how to read them all for the most part. Uh, <laughs> lots yeah. of reasons to 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 go that route. And if you've and, and if you've been wanting to run a mystery, and I know that we've kind of talked about having a uh, a running a mystery uh, episode, this is this is a good place to start too. Even if, again, even if you never run one of these games, it can still give you the structure and how to do a mystery in a role-playing game format, which which can be helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely something I wish I would have had before I tried to run my first mystery. <laughs> <laughs> um, just one other thing is every once in a while, when I, this, this technically isn't a one-shot, but I'm just going to throw it in there as just a side note, is uh, PC versus PC combat. I do this like once a year when I've run out of like all time to prepare for a session. And as long as your PCs are cool with it, um, I I basically just have a battle map that I pull out if I am in just such a terrible pickle that I can't do anything about it. And I let the PCs work out their differences on the board, just fighting with each other. So when you wrap up, do you say, oh, it was all a dream? Yeah, I, I that one always ends in a dream sequence. So I was like, and you wake up, everybody's just a little bit more bitter at the other people, and you guys will get over it. You're gonna like side eye them for the rest of the day, but then it'll be fine. Because <laughs> I tell you your reaction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But it's 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 something that you can just just throw down on the table. Yeah, and it that's actually one of those things um, that that again can be done in a in a single single session and everybody always wants to see how their character does against the other characters 
is that oh, beefy yeah. fighter really as beefy as he thinks he is? <laughs> or can I take yeah. him down with my my uh, my low constitution rogue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mo- most players they they think about it, you know. And to, you can just you can just put that out there, let everybody work out their differences, nice and easy. A lot yep. less planning too. Yep. Well, I think that's what we really wanted to cover today on on one shots. Uh, we would love to hear if anybody has any other suggestions for running one shots. Would love to hear it. Uh, go ahead and reach out to us. Uh, we're at becomingdm.com. We're on Facebook as facebook.com slash becomingdm. And then you can find us on the Twitters, Pinterest, um, Instagram. We are becoming DM on all of those. So reach out and let us know what we missed because uh, um, I would love to hear what else everybody does for one shots. Absolutely. There's tons of stuff out there. We'd love to hear what you guys are up to. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. But until then, stay, stay nerdy, nerdy, friends. friends. Thanks for joining us again. Make sure to share the show with friends to help grow our audience. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash becomingdm. On Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest, we are becomingdm. And our website is becomingdm.com. Becoming DM is produced by John Welsh and Danielle Tremblay. The show is edited by John Welsh. We'll be back in two weeks. See you then.